in this episode. That's yeah, like the I descent. Could... Dude, that I won't watch it. The descent, dude. Yeah. I that, won't watch that movie. That, yeah, bro. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, I would probably watch 120 days of Sodom before I watched the Welcome, you're listening to Paleo Cheese Podcast, episode 43, Top 5 Phobias. Welcome back, everybody. My name is Jeremiah Bannister. And I am Chad Lutsky. And you're listening to Paleo Cheese Podcast. It is part of the Project Entertainment Network. And Chad, brother man, I have been anticipating this moment for weeks, dude. (laughs) <laughs> for weeks because we started yeah. talking about this topic the, the these these fears these phobias right yeah uh and we got through we went from number 10 through six because we could yeah. do we would have gone for hours yeah yeah and now yeah. we're going from uh from what five to one five to one yep five to one Which and so top five yep yes dude top five and it's funny because we had some really great interviews and if people haven't seen it, they should check them out, you know, uh, with Mr. Brandt uh, and uh, Jeremy Wagner and Jared. Yeah, Jared Barbie. Yes, yep. yes, Jared. I, and yep. I remember, dude, I remembered because we had a really great conversation. Uh, and without going into any details about it, just to simply say that, you know, that he related to something that I said on the show about the loss of my daughter. And he he didn't want to bring it up because he was like, you know, I didn't I didn't want it'd get really heavy, you know, and you, it, your show seems like it's kind of, you know, lighthearted. And I thought you haven't seen our Paddleton episode or our <laughs> empathy episode, or yeah. I mean, we, we have like three or four of these like really emotional episodes, dude, with uh Hightower. Laura Hightower. Holy yeah. cow, bro. You know? So yeah, we, but it, that was a really cool thing. And we connected outside of, of uh, outside the show. So we've had some really great interviews but we're back, dude. Yes. We're, yes. We're back. You and I hanging, hanging, hanging out. Yeah, man. Pet pillow fighting in the teepee. <laughs> Does that make any sense at all? In the wigwam, dude. Yeah, we got we got pillows. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, oh. yeah. So, but, but as usual, I do yeah. have a couple things. Yeah. Um, I do have some shout-outs, dude. I've been reading like a madman. You know, when when I I I. I I've said this a lot in interviews and stuff where um, if I, you know, a lot of my peers, they're like, oh, yeah, I read my first Stephen King book when I was eight. I read it when I was eight or I read, you know, read Salem's Lot. And I'm like, dang, man, you know, you could. Isn't it gigantic? Huge. Yeah. You're like, you're like, oh, I read it when I was eight. And it's like, that's a tome. Yeah. 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 It's it's like an encyclopedia. (laughs) So, you know, and I didn't start reading books. I read my first like novel when i was uh like 24 so um you know between i don't know some form of undiagnosed add or the the fact that i i wanted to be a musician or an artist uh, working in film or i don't know what you know girls skateboarding bands it just the, the, these things kept me away from books not interested so when that first year or two that i did start reading in my mid 20s Man, I consumed books, a lot of books, and I read for a while. 
And I've noticed that my my um, reading habits have really kind of waned. But lately, I've just been making time. And it's, yes, I'm kind of a slow reader. I do get easily distracted. But it's also mostly because I don't take the time. I don't set the time aside to, to read. And this time, I've read like seven or eight books this month. Wow. And, <laughs> um, yeah, dude. But I did want to mention three of the books that I did read just this past week. One was um, Snarl by John Bowden, whom we've had on here. And I mm -hmm. wrote, I wrote uh, Out Behind the Barn with. Yeah. Um, he wrote a book called Snarl. It has no publisher right now. It's amazing. It's John Bowden through and through. It's sad and it's gritty and it's beautifully written. The, the dude's prose is, it's just poetic, man. Mm -hmm. And it's not something that you, you can turn your brain off. It slows you down. You know, it slows me down. A reader like myself who I like to just kind of read, you know, very lean prose, straightforward stuff. I always like John's stuff, but his prose is just uh, amazing. And you do have to kind of, uh, slow down a little bit when you're reading. And, I, you know, I can't remember if I mentioned this last week or not. If I just did, I mention Tyler Jones's Criterion last week. I don't recall you. I, I don't. don't think I did. Yeah, no. Okay. Well, anyway, I, I read Tyler sent me a couple of his books um, and I finally got around to reading this. It's called Criterion. It's a cool, druggy coming of age thing with a an interesting allegory for addiction. I don't want to give anything away, but. It was good. Um, Tyler, I've seen, I don't know him that well. I've seen him on some podcasts. Um, he asked for a blurb actually recently because he digs my stuff. And I'll tell you what, I, I, after seeing him on a couple of podcasts, I, I, this guy is awesome and we have to get him on the show. What's his last name? Jones, Tyler Jones. And he is such a cool dude. Um, and I would, it would be difficult for me to find someone that I know, whether in real life or online, who is uh, more, except for maybe you, Jeremiah, who has more passion in them than, than this guy. It's ridiculous. He is just such a kind hearted dude. Um, and when you yeah, take that as a big compliment and I, and I, and I'll say that that must be a really big compliment for him. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. See, we're, yeah, we're gonna get him on yeah. here yeah i want to get we him must on here. dude we must I, i'm just trying to think of a cool topic that we can have so something that will make him go off and so that everybody can see what a, a great guy he is because mm -hmm. he and i hope he's listening because yeah Ty, tyler he, he's amazing but also i found out that he was in a tooth and nail band what and, yeah the name escapes me. The name of his band, I can't remember, but he played guitar in a band that was on the Tooth and Nail label. Just gonna drive day. me bonkers, bro. Back in the day, and he's told me before what the name of the band was. And if we pause for a second, I can actually go look in my messages because we did discuss it once. Okay, I found it. Uh, you actually you found it before I did, Jeremiah. It is called Seven Places. Seven Places. They toured with a band called Amberlean, uh, as well as Thousand Foot Crutch, which I've heard of. Them wow. Before. Yeah. Yeah. He said um, the uh, guitar player for Poor Old Lou produced their album. Dude, that guy. Aaron. What? Yes, dude, he's one of my favorite. <laughs> he 
is yeah. he's one of those guys that a lot of people they don't know who he is, but his uh was it Rose Blossom Punch? I think it was the name of one of his albums, uh or one of his bands. Dude, just amazing. I mean, yeah. just just yeah, through the roof, man. I, I always liked him and I liked the guitars for Love Coma, but most people remember him from his more popped out days when he played for Sixpence None the Richer. But when he played with uh when he played with Love Coma, it was it was quirky, weird, edgy alternative music you know mm -hmm. and i really i just, i love the style and the sound of that and i liked i liked sixpence their early stuff even before they kind of got popular with kiss me and all that stuff mm -hmm. but that's that's awesome man that he was that he was we need to get this guy on man yeah yeah there, tyler, like, there's, there's no doubt about it <laughs> yeah if yeah. you listen tyler I, i'm definitely gonna be getting a hold of you yes about that so yes. um yeah and then the other book i read is a book that i have uh, been wanting to get to for a long time. It's by Mr. Jack Ketchum. It's called Off Season. And most people are who who uh, read horror are familiar with this one. It was his first book he ever put out. It's pretty brutal, man. It's real brutal. And uh, I read it in like three days, man. I I've uh, it was good. I, I love Jack Ketchum in my top three. I have a t I think I've said it before. I have a top three that's all tied for first. They're all first place. So, and he's one of them. Yeah. And I wish Dude. he, he were alive because he would 100% be on here. He, he would. He yeah. Would here yeah. Talk with us. Dude, I, I don't, I, I don't allow myself to skip ahead with books. And so I find myself stalled out sometimes because of my schedule mm -hmm. or things I, I do outside of paleo cheese. Yeah. Um, and so I'm trudging through different books right now, but we just got, a box of books, uh, volumes one through 10, right? Well, uh, one through 16, maybe. Cause I think, I think there's like three more or something like that. I forget how many we got. We got a whole bunch of them, but they're manga. And I've never oh, read okay. a manga book before. I've yeah. never read one, but this one is, is inspired a cartoon. Well, it's a uh, anime series mm -hmm. called vampire night. And it's, it is by far the most dramatic, show i've ever seen in my life it's it always ends up on these ridiculous cliffhangers that you're like okay next one next one next one there's only two seasons of it so i think there were like 13 episodes per season or something like that and so we just we just barreled through these uh two seasons again that's the second time i've done it in my life mm -hmm. and I, I remembered how much i loved it um but i never read any of the books and it's funny because my my kids they were like they're like yeah I, vampire night it's about the you know a day class and a night class and the night class or like vampires or something like sounds really girly. Like they just thought it, it and they thought, Oh, this kind of looks like a girl. show. I'm like, guys, believe me. <laughs> like, this is like one of those, one of those really super dramatic things that it's like, I think there's a lot of dudes that watch this, you know? And so they, they loved it and they were super sad that it ended, but apparently they ran out of source material at the time and they have not had any new source material since then. And that was it was they were saying that it was a really sad thing and they didn't know if it would ever get uh, rebooted or anything. And then that was like eight months ago. And then three months ago, a surprise thing happened that the author has released a new book and uh, an another vampire night to continue this mm -hmm. story. And so there's at least at least they are the, the assembling of source material is happening. And so it's at least kind of on the horizon. So any anyone who likes Vampire Night, 
uh, they might be glad to hear that. <laughs> so, but we have like we have a whole bunch of these books now. And as I said, I've never read manga before. Okay, so let's get into uh, the phobias. We got to do this, dude. I got I got my thing up here. Uh, yeah. So we're gonna go with number number five, uh, want And if you want to hear this, I think it was uh, episode thirty nine, the yep. top phobias. And this is the and they uh, have to because it was awesome. I mean, didn't we say that too? Like after it was over, we're like, dude, that that episode was awesome. Like that was a really fun conversation. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, I think they're all good, but I just, I don't know, man. I think that, that episode will always stand out a little bit to me. I really enjoyed it. Oh, I, one one other thing, I almost forgot. I, I'm I I'm very bummed right now this weekend because tons of my friends are at scares that care right now no oh, yeah yeah uh, mingling selling books networking hanging out all weekend um hunter shay's there jason brandt jack campisi as a matter of fact hunter shay jack campisi you know they're, they've been buddies for 25 years or so they're meeting jason brandt for the first time uh today so um and we, you know jason had told us off camera what he's doing and we can talk about it now how a hunter had um, he, one of the reasons why he's there is to promote his Bigfoot in the Bronx and among many other books that he's written, but, um, and that he rented a, that Bigfoot costume for Jason to wear because Jason's six, two or whatever he said. Yeah. And I've seen, I, saw I, thought, he said, I thought he said six, four. He may have said that. Yeah. He may. Yeah. I, yeah he's he a tall man. Let's put it that way. Dude's dude is real tall. Cause what and dude, I, his lady's tall too. They they uh they posted some pictures and I've seen I've seen uh, uh Jason wearing the Bigfoot costume next to Hunter. Yeah, man. <laughs> that scares the care. So I'm super jealous. Uh, it would be fun to be there, man. It'd be fun. And what reminded me of that was fear number five. Uh, it's called aerophobia, the fear of flying. Yeah, dude. For real. A lot of people flew to this thing. I am not. A flyer. I have flown. <clears throat> excuse me. I have flown. I flew once when I was real young with my mom, and then I flew a couple times. Years, years later, um, and both times I flew, first time had to get drunk. Yeah, yeah. Second time had to get really stoned. Oh, and I couldn't do that. No way. <laughs> Be high weed? Yeah. No yeah. way. No yeah. way, man! My yeah, heart would be racing. I, I definitely, I definitely preferred alcohol for that trip. Yeah, yeah. I didn't have any. That was my go-to, but I didn't have any. The airport didn't have any. Did have weed? It had weed, but it didn't have alcohol. No, no, no. I had. <laughs> oh, no, you had it. Okay, yeah, I got you now. <laughs> you're like, you're like, it had weed. They were selling weed at the airport, but they had no, they had no liquor. I'm like, well, what kind of airport are you going to? <laughs> For listeners who are new, that this is the old man. I'm, yeah, I'm Ra like, Rasta uh, Airlines. That's Chad's. That's Chad's airline no. choice. It's Rasta Airlines. <laughs> Rasta International. <laughs> we, were going, we were going from Notre Dame to Jamaica. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh uh, man, or Amsterdam. Yeah. So no, um, yeah, I'm not into flying, man. I yeah, no. am. Uh, yeah, I'm not into flying. And I, I, it's not a fear of flying, it's claustrophobia. So, but the fear of flying, person may have severe anxiety in a plane. This may be due to bad flight related experience in the past. 
such as extreme turbulence or even witnessing a crash on TV, or just because I, what the frick, we're in the air. Yeah. 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 You know, miles in the air and I'm in a tube. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. It could just be from that. Yeah. Having kind of like common sense. It's weird because I like being by the window and I like looking out, but yeah. they always put me by the, the wing and the wings are always wobbly. Yeah. 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 Right. And so they're always wobbling and it's always freaking me out. And then I, you know, I bet you half the times I've been on a plane, it's been at night. So everyone's sleeping. Mm -hmm. And I remember one year, uh, when, one time I was on a plane and I had my journal out and I'm writing and just, I mean, just lashing out at these people sleeping, <laughs> just writing about how can they possibly do this? Like we're up in this plane. I, I'm, I'm just running through all the scenarios and thinking, how could they possibly sleep? Like, there's yeah. just no way I, and but what is it? What does it benefit you if you aren't, you know, like I'm awake yeah. and freaking out right now. And yeah. so, yeah, alcohol has always been my friend uh, with with flying. And so, you know, I, I always I'll go to the, the bar and I'll buy a couple of drinks or something or I'll buy a drink on the plane or whatever. I'm, I'm not trashed, but I mean, I'm I'm relaxed and mm -hmm. that's that's how I can do it. And but yeah, I, I, I I'm afraid of heights, dude, in general. So being up in a plane, you know, I, I, I'll i take a train but, any day. Okay, but okay, yeah. but when you're that high, does it that does that even even come into play? That's not really a height thing anymore now, is it? Uh, it's it's overshadowed by the lack of control. Yeah, you know, like I guess if you're high up on a ladder, there's a certain degree of lack of control too. You know, mm -hmm. or on the top of a house or something. Um, that's really scary. Um, but being if, if i was on the runway and i can look down and right there's the ground i'm not scared if we're barely above the runway not scared if we're above the clouds right <laughs> and i'm looking at the bottom i'm looking at the top of some clouds um all of a sudden you know the old freak meter is going up to like you know through the roof <laughs> so yeah. yeah above the clouds and so that's where uh i think the fear of heights plays into that mm -hmm. but yeah, I think I think some of it's lack of like control, like in a car, because they'll you, they'll say, well, statistically, you're more likely to get in a, a really severe car accident for sure. And I say, but at least I control the car. Yeah, you know, there's there's a there's whether placebo or whatever, the idea that you're somehow in control, whereas you're at the behest of some rando, you know, in the in the cockpit. Yeah, you know? I could fly. I could fly comfortably if I knew at any second. All I would have to do is push a button, and we would land. And why don't they land. have that? Like why? why, why? No, not not the land, but you know, e even even you know the parachutes and stuff. Instead of the you know huff huff really hard on this oxygen mask. Like, what's up with that? Why don't you know? You would just think that there would be more training kind of required. Even just even if you don't you don't uh, get out very well, and you jump and you pull it too soon, or you pull it too late, or whatever. You had a chance, you know, whereas if you're just like huffing on that thing, it's like it's like Fight Club, dude. It's to make his, you know, calm as a Hindu cow kind of thing. And so it's like, you know, you're going down, but look at all the people smiling. And I don't know. To me, it just it, it weirds me out, bro. But yes, I definitely aerophobia. I relate to that. OK, so number four. Yes. Acrophobia. Acrophobia. Fear of acrobats. Yes. Is it Terrified. serious? 
terrified especially when they're is juggling it, well i mean are you serious is that no, really the... dude, no yeah dude that's the number okay, well, you, one, you, the you... number four fear <laughs> fear of acrobats <laughs> i'm like dude did i not get the memo or what <laughs> it's the fear of heights my man well, well, the fear that you have come you don't on. even know your it's own fears acrophobia that's who came up with that that sounds stupid Acro, well, being acrobats, maybe acro yeah, means yeah, doing stunts in the air. I don't. Know. It's probably it's probably Latin, and it's actually probably really intelligent. And I sound really dumb saying what I just said, but you know yeah. what? I get that way when <laughs> I should know what this is, and I don't. But I never had that except for one time. Right here, it says it's a dangerous condition that can affect a person even when they are climbing stairs or a ladder. The fear may be so extreme that the person may not be able to move, and it yep. may be difficult to rescue them. I remember uh, helping paint the Friends Church in um, in uh, the not the Friends Church, the Friends Church uh, youth group building. I don't. Yeah, I'm sure you've been there. It's a tall. I, I was there when they were doing that. I was young. I was I was much younger, but my dad was friends with the youth pastor there, Kelly. Yeah, Kelly. Yeah. 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 Well, it's a tall building, man. Yeah. You know, it's got the real tall staircase that goes up. So it's like a, I guess a two story building, and then you've got the the peak of the roof. Well, I was on the roof and this was my no first idea. experience of, of being like, and I realized, and I experienced that like, kind of like frozen terror. I had to kind of talk myself out of it and be like, dude, can you really not move right now? But that was the first time that I'd ever experienced it. And I, I grew up climbing trees like way high, you know, mm -hmm. which is different because if you fall, you usually have stuff breaking your fall i've seen my friend fall from a pretty far height and he no, hit no, many no. things on the way down but, <laughs> no. but uh no. yeah the, and and i i remember feeling um yeah like couldn't move and it's weird because now that i'm older i don't know if it's because i i'm afraid i'm gonna break my hip or whatever even when i get on a stepladder dude i am so careful about it like my, breaking my your like, hip dude yeah if i gotta like get the crock pot down yeah. from the, yeah. the <laughs> I gotta get the step ladder out, man, dude. I'm so careful because yeah, yeah, I won't break my head, man. I'm gonna dude, I want I I hate heights, and I had weird experiences. You know, we would we went to what was it Sears Tower, you know, and you get to, if I remember right, it was the Sears Tower where we got to go up, and you you're in kind of this area looking out, dude. I didn't I was maybe ten feet away from the glass. I didn't even want to get close. Yeah, I I hated being on um what is it, man carousel yeah i hated it i hated it um it's not a carousel you ferris wheel ferris wheel yeah not yeah, a yeah. carousel yeah ferris wheel um and so terrified of that um i was terrified we went to the grand canyon my sister is the kind of person like she's she is a um a cer a certified survivalist she was so she would take people out for weeks at a time where they don't they don't see civilization at all. They just are out, you know, in the mountains and everything. So she's, she knows how to climb mountains and repel and go spelunking and all that stuff. And so she knows how to do it. Well, since she was a kid, she had no fear of heights. So she, we were at the Grand Canyon and she's sitting there and she put her, she sat down or it was, it was either the Grand Canyon or it was, I forget the other place we went to where it's got this, uh, these, these kind of plateaus and you look down and it's, it's kind of crazy looking down below. It's got a whole bunch of these ravines and everything. And she's just sitting there just with her legs dangling over the side, wiggling her legs, kind of kicking them like playfully and stuff like a kid on a swing. And I'm 15 feet away 
And I'm like, Crystal, stop doing that. <laughs> like, like, please get away from there. And it was, I think it's probably prudent to say get away from there. However, <laughs> I said it from like a long ways away. I didn't have like a megaphone uh, to do it. And, but I, I have gotten over one thing. And I'll say one more thing. I tried, I tried doing rock climbing. Uh, not rock climbing. Uh, when you're at the, um, when you're, your practice, wall, you're wall climbing, right? Wall you're climbing. doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I was at this place and I'm climbing the wall. And my kids would do it. My daughter used to do it and she'd ring the little bell up high and everything. And they've got three different levels and the kids are like, you know, you should do that. You go do that. You got a harness and everything. You got a bungee mm -hmm. and everything, you know? So I'm going up, man. And I bet you I made it 80%. And I don't even know what it was that, that did this to me, but dude, my legs were like spaghetti noodles, like wet spaghetti noodles. Mm -hmm. And my kids are like, are you okay? And I'm like, why? And they're like, what's wrong with your legs? You know, kind of thing. And I look down and I see my legs just going nuts, dude. Like, I mean, the, the fear. Mm -hmm. And then I looked up at the bell. I was five feet. I mean, maybe three pulls, you know, grab something, pull, grab some pull, grab something, ring the bell. You physically couldn't do it. Could physically you? couldn't do it. I, in, in fact, I was scared because I was frozen, but I did get over one kind of fear of heights. And it was, it's weird because now I love it. And that's roller coasters. I mm -hmm. used to be so scared of roller coasters. I'd wait in line for an hour and a half, practically, you know, pissing my pants, yeah. waiting as I'm getting closer. And then right as it's my turn to get on, I'm like, uh, I got to go to the bathroom and I'd leave. I, w I was so scared. I didn't want to get on. Mm -hmm. And I, the only ride I rode at Cedar Point for a long time was the Iron Dragon. Because you're entirely in a little, little capsule thing, you know? Yeah, yeah. And it's not very big. You get the bar, the padded bars that go over your. Yeah. So you're like, yeah. you're inside this, this thing, you know? And so I would, I'd go on that over and over and over and over. And that scared the living crap out of me too. Well, one year we went, we got there before everybody else. And my dad, he said, Jeremiah, we're going to go on the, the Magnum first. And that's back when the Magnum at the time was the tallest and fastest metal roller coaster in the world. They had the Magnum and the mean streak, which was the tallest and fastest wooden roller coaster in the world. Yeah, I've been, and, on that. I've been on both. Yeah. Yep. And I said, I am not going on the Magnum. I looked at the, I looked at it off in the distance and you could see it like, it looks like it goes down and backward. It's so far down. It's, it's, it's more than straight. It's like, it goes, <laughs> but it goes yeah. back a little bit. You're like, oh no. And you're hearing screaming and stuff. And it's, you know, eight in the morning or something like that. And I said, no way. And he said, Jeremiah, look, he's like, if you can do this, then you can do any roller coaster in the entire place because you've done the scariest one first but if you don't you may never ride this one and you may not ride hardly any of the other ones mm -hmm. and so i did and it was absolutely terrifying going up because it's that little click, oh dude, dude. Click, anticipation click. dude yeah and i'm like on the edge looking down and people look like the size of ants and stuff and i'm just every scenario of how that thing could break or i could fly off and die is rushing through my head and then we're, we're going down and I'm totally scared out of my mind. And, um, all of a sudden it was like, once we got down that first hill, in fact, even halfway down the first hill, I was okay. And I was, it was, my heart was racing. I'm freaking out, but it was enjoyable. And when it was over, I felt this enormous amount of pride. Like I, <laughs> I'd yeah. won the Olympics, dude. I'm like, I did it. Yeah. Yeah. And that day I went on, I went on every of the, the tallest ones I could find, went on the Magnum a second time. Mm -hmm. And ever since I've never been afraid to go, although I have watched videos of different things across the world that 
I would be afraid to do. I think some of the fear of heights, uh, acrophobia, and now that I know that word, I can feel fancy. Acrophobia is um, uh, reasonable. Like, I think there are some phobias, some fears that are like unreasonable fears. Yeah, but- like I was saying, like the fear of flying. I mean, you, you know, here they're saying that some people have it because they've been in extreme turbulence or because they've witnessed a crash on TV. And I'm like, well, how yeah. about just because you're, you're in a nat- and you're doing something very unnatural. Yeah. You know, yeah. you're way up in the, if you do crash, it's death, you know? Yeah. Right. I mean, we've all been in a car accident. Um, and most of the time they turn out fine. You're, you're, you're okay. I know the girl, you know, there's a back, I think it was in the eighties in the or early nineties. It was a girl in a plane crash and she was the only survivor, this little yeah. girl. Yeah, uh, yeah. She's, she was friends with me on Facebook. We haven't talked in a long time, uh, but it, it really messed with her. And, you know, being the only person, her family died or everybody in the plane, survivor everybody. Guilt, yeah. And she was the only person. And I don't even know what kind of injuries she incurred at all. Um, other than lifelong scars, you know what I mean? Like, cause that's really going to mess you up. Yeah. But I, I'm a train guy, dude. I, I'll take a train. I love trains. Uh, trains are a blast. Yes. I've they're taken, a lot of fun. I've taken them a handful of times. Um, 23 hour trips, man. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's fun there. Yeah. You get up, walk around, Yeah, make out with chicks. Of course, yeah. I mean, that's that's yeah. what I did. That's what I did on my. I think my second train ride. Smoking cigarettes on planes, making out with chicks on trains. Yeah. Man, dude, you're you're doing good. You're doing good. Yeah. So, all right, number three, man. Uh, yeah, number three is brontophobia. This Bronto. is the fear of, of thunder and thunderstorms. Yeah, such yeah. people know that thunder cannot harm them, but they are still worried about going out. I'm. I'm not afraid of thunderstorms, but I am afraid of lightning. I'm not afraid of lightning. Um, I don't think more than like your average person. Like if it's going nuts and it's close by and I'm by my window, I start to get a little, a little paranoid. Oh, I don't like it at all. And I, and I'm, and I, but dude, I love thunderstorms. Yeah. Uh, As long as the sky doesn't turn yellow or green, then I love it. And I, I love rain period. Me but too. I'm I'm scared to death of tornadoes. Me too. That's that's the most recurring symbol of nightmares that I have is tornadoes. our tornadoes. Yeah. Really? Oh yeah, big time. And, and we so have here in Michigan, you know, Battle Creek, but they're always so like no one ever dies from them. They don't wipe out any section of the city. They they wipe out a house here or there. Yeah. Um, or the last one we had took tons of trees down. Took half of Kimball Pines out. Yep. But they seem to the bowling alley took the roof off the bowling alley over at Nakis. Yeah. 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 And um, when I was a kid, we had a tornado that hit our neighborhood out in Soresco and then hit another neighborhood near Soresco. And um, when it hit our place, we we have I think we had some eavesdrop damage or something. Somebody got some of the roof torn off, but not to where you could see in the house, just like ripped shingles and part of a wood up. But there was a house there. It was the only house on the block that was up for sale. And it it tore the whole entire back of the house off. Yeah. And um, nobody ever saw the tornado. So there was always this speculation about, um, well, we didn't really have a tornado. And, but everybody in Soresco was like, screw you, man. Go look, at, go look at our neighborhood. Look at all these trees and look at that freaking house that's only half there now. 
Dude, that I, I know what you're talking about. It I don't believe that if I remember right, and it might, I might be wrong because there was a tornado. Because I, I, I think there was a tornado that hit the roller rink too. Um, but one year where there was extensive damage done, that year or that that event was a microburst. And people, I was because I, I looked it up as we we're talking because I knew I was like, I've experienced this. A microburst is a localized column of sinking air, a downdraft within a thunderstorm, and it's usually less than or equal to 2.5 miles in diameter. Microbursts can cause extensive damage at the surface and in some cases can be life-threatening. My cousin was driving home with a buddy. He lived at our house, and he's driving home, and th this microburst, I was wondering, I'm like, man, I, I thought it was going to be a tornado because it was so crazy outside. Mm -hmm. And I look out, and it looked on the lake because we lived on a private lake, and out in the lake, it looked like you know, if, if there were a uh, hundred birds <laughs> and they're all mm -hmm. flapping their wings at the same time on the lake, but it was moving across the lake mm -hmm. and, but there was no tornado. Like I'm looking up, there's no tornado, but I'm seeing this crazy thing happen in the lake and it's moving, dude, this thing's moving. It's like really affecting the water badly. Well, next thing I know, my cousin gets there and the guy who was in the car with him was crying. He was so scared. Mm -hmm. Their car lifted up off the ground. Mm -hmm. It was, it was like, and when it landed back down, it swerved and he had to like try to like get it back in gear and stuff. And they were so terrified. My cousin said, Jeremiah, he's like, you don't even know, dude, what that feels like. He's like, that is the craziest feeling. He's like, but we couldn't see anything. Mm -hmm. But then th that year, the cemetery was just just obliterated. And there were trees up in up in Bedford. So people who aren't familiar with the area, you know, 10 minutes away, you know, from our home. And um. It was just the trees snapped in half, huge trees. And that year there was a guy, I don't know if he died, but I know he was in like a lazy boy or something and he got whipped out of his house or something, mm -hmm. you know, and got injured. Um, and so microbursts are not a joke. <laughs> microbursts are not 80, a joke. This is an 82 or 83. Okay, so that may that have been I'm a tornado, about. right? Yeah, I, I I wouldn't have known that. But yeah, it was, it, it, nevertheless, it was, it was crazy. I mean, we were all, you know, Everybody, nobody, as far as I knew in our neighborhood was like out watching it, but it was, a, it was a weird time because you, you, you know, you go out and your whole neighborhood is, just, you know, your whole neighborhood now is there's the calm now yeah. and the sky is just everything that's green is super brilliant green. You yeah. know, it, it, that happens after storm anyway, but uh, exceptionally so this time because the, because the way the sky was, it was still yellow, everything, um, there was giant trees uprooted and uh, that we ended up building forts out of and stuff later. And, and uh, yeah, just craziness. And, and when we had, um, when Kibble Pines got destroyed and then I think some, some, uh, another area in, in Lakeview and Waddles Park was hit pretty, pretty good. And this was like, maybe I want to say like seven or eight years ago when I lived on summer street and, uh, we were, you know, the sirens went off and everything. We ran downstairs. My family went downstairs first. I was doing something upstairs. I can't remember what it was, but I was like getting, cause dude, when, when we are told when the siren goes off and we look at the sky and it's green or yellow or something like that. Not that this happens. You run, dude, you go, you, you get to shelter like now, dude, I, I, yeah. I, I, um, instantly can't think like, I like, I know I need to grab certain things like 
I need to grab water or, you know, some water. I need to, you know, I or grab whatever. Dude, I can't think. So I'm, I'm, I pace around. You're putting in like a pot I'm, pie. Like I'm looking for something. <laughs> you're like, putting in a pot know. pie in the microwave. No. You're like, you're like, I'm going to cook a pot pie real quick. I'll be down a hot pocket. <laughs> no, but my family was down there. And then yeah. I went down there and we've got a, I don't know if you remember our house on um, Summer Street, but when you go yeah. downstairs, it has like a landing. So you go down like three stairs, yeah. turn, and there's landing. Well, at that landing is a door. And it's just a, it was just a one of those doors that if you hit it hard enough, you could put your fist through. But it was, a, you know, it was like a hollow door and it had like plexiglass there and stuff. But the lock didn't work uh, very well. Like it wasn't sturdy. Like if you wanted to like break into the house or break out of the house and you didn't want to unlock the door, all you had to do is try real hard to, to pull on the door and, and because the, the door didn't meet up as well as it should, um, the jam there on the, on the, on the threshold of the door, whatever it's called. And so it wouldn't stay in there as much. And I didn't know this, but this was when the tornado or whatever was happening. But just as I was booking around that, that landing, uh, this giant pine tree in our neighbor's yard fell down and went and crashed like on the side of our house. And I heard it for the life of me. Maybe God saved my life from being thrown down the stairs. But for whatever reason, the branches from this giant pine tree didn't even open this weak door that I was, you know, it was behind, it was to my back. Wow. Yeah. So I just turned yeah. the landing. I heard this shoom, like that and had no idea it was a tree. Yeah. And then, it, but it was cause it was freaking loud outside. Yeah. Ran downstairs. And then when it went, you know, when it blew over or whatever, went outside and I saw that the neighbor didn't have a tree anymore and it was, it crushed our privacy fence and it was in, um, but I was like, wow, I can't believe that door yeah. didn't come fly open. And then just send me, because when that door went flying open, dude, it had knocked me down them stairs really fast or put a hole right through my back with the doorknob. Dude, I am. Um, it's weird because this is actually, it's funny because I, I relate to fears associated with storms that often involve thunder, but the thunder itself is not normally what scares me. If it's late at night and it's like so loud, it's rumbling the whole house and it comes out of nowhere, mm -hmm. then I'm startled, yeah. but I'm not scared of thunder, right? you know? And so, but, but lightning, I mean, did I'll put on a, you know, a, a, an aqua suit, <laughs> I'll, I'll hide in a tire, you know, <laughs> I'll do whatever I got to do. I'm going to survive this guys. And so, you know, wrap myself in a big, you know, rubber just blanket. Stay, just stay inside. Dude, it, but see, but see, this is where the the phobia really kicks in because I've watched I've watched documentaries about things where like the the kid who was riding his bike mm -hmm. and it was a clear sunny day and he got struck by lightning on a clear day and they say and they were talking about how that happened and I'm like people can joke about it and say well that's statistically improbable and say tell it to that guy right like that guy <laughs> that guy is like I know it's worse or the dude who's been struck by lightning like 10 times or whatever and he started carrying around a bucket of water which I think is dumb I'm like why would you do that you know I'm like seriously like you should not do that um but the thing is I I can always fall back on that and and that is it's hard to escape the fear when you can say well yeah it's unpredictable though 
Mm-hmm. So yeah, it might be one in a million. That's true. But at the same time, you know, I, I knew of, of people, cause I'm a, I used to golf all the time. I knew of people who were struck by lightning. I knew, uh, I knew of someone at the golf course who died, right? It, it struck a tree. They were, they got under the tree cause it was storming. So they got under the tree and the tree got struck by lightning. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, because of the unpredictable nature of it yeah. and because of the sheer power of it, mm-hmm. um, and how fast it is, um, you know, but I'm also fascinated. I like watching stuff about it where it talk, where you see the the scars and stuff and the way the cells yeah. react to it, how it's like uh, fractals and everything. I've always found that really fascinating. So even though I'm afraid of that, I've still found it one of the most fascinating things, not only to learn about, but even to draw, you know, or take pictures of. But yet I'm terrified of that. Yeah. 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 T- well, tornadoes, when you watch videos on YouTube and stuff. Yeah. To me, there's nothing more scary or intimidating than seeing like a well-developed tornado. Yeah. Like in 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 the in the Kansas or Texas plains or whatever, whatever in Oklahoma, and it's just like open field, and this thing is just cruising through, and there's debris everywhere. It's like freaking Cthulhu, man. It's like the Elder Gods yeah. coming for you. Okay, number two. Could, you want to you want to make any guesses? Mm, they're common. I, I I tell you what it's a it's a an umbrella term it says for different phobias within this classification of phobia. I don't know. Okay. Um, I'd say, say the dark, but that's not. A, I can't imagine it being like a major classification. Z- zoophobia, which you can. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Zoophobia. I was my first answer was going to be sharks. Okay. Yeah, this is an umbrella term that involves extreme fear of certain animals. Arachnophobia, yeah. yep, is fear of spiders. Uh, yeah. Ornithophobia is the fear of birds, and ophidiophobia is the fear of snakes. And apophobia means the fear of bees. Yeah, if I was allergic to bees, I'd be that'd be my number one fear on the planet. If you're, you know, if you're like deathly allergic to bees, I feel sorry. Yeah, for I was... <laughs> yeah. But birds, spiders, <laughs> snakes. Um, I'm, I don't have a fear of birds or yeah, bees no. or snakes. I mean, excluding like a rattler, if you're in a situation where there's a rattler and it's clearly going to strike. I mean, who isn't going to be afraid of that? But I'm not afraid. Of, uh, spiders. Um, I don't I don't I wouldn't say I have arachnophobia. I don't I don't want one crawling on me, you know, but. When I met my wife, she owned uh, two tarantulas. And we got our first apartment together. Once in a while, one would get out. And no, uh, no. and to, in order to get out, the way that we had it situated, the tank situated, it had to crawl on us to uh, get anywhere. Yeah. And so that we'd wake up in the morning sometimes knowing that this tarantula was crawling on us at some point in the night. It was oh, a little dude, unsettling. Bro. But one died, and then the other one, I think we had to get rid of because she, you know, people can start to. Div- I mean, she would let it crawl. We would let it crawl on us, and she wasn't afraid of these things at all. But then, um, you know, you can develop like allergies to things that you were never allergic to before, and she started developing an, an allergy. And they have, um, if you ever seen to spiders, uh, an allergy to spiders, tarantulas. 
to yeah. tarantulas. You know, you, that's, it, you know, sometimes, dude, it's a blessing in disguise. It's probably good. <laughs> well, they have, they, they, you know, tarantulas. They've they have those hairs. And have you ever seen a tarantula has yeah. like, uh, um, where sometimes their their abdomen, which is their people think is their uh, it's, it's their abdomen. Yeah. You know, it's it's got it's covered in hair. But if you ever look at a, a tarantula who has like basically a giant bald patch, it's because that that tarantula is living in like uh, a stressful um, environment, whether it be from the owner or or whatever wherever it's living. And it's because part of their defense mechanism is to um, like if 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 something is sniffing around them or if they're fear for their life is to uh, really fast like uh, brush the, one of their back legs against their abdomen and it sends all these fiberglass like hairs that will irritate your sinuses. And so if a dog is sniffing around or whatever and they do that and then this dog breathes all these essentially fiberglass and into their nasal passages. Well, my wife, <clears throat> these these hairs, hairs can get on you and it's not like these tarantulas were in the habit of doing that once in a while they would do it. Like when we'd go to grab one and get them out of there, sometimes they could, they flick the hair around to, you know, tell us to stop. They never bit us. But, um, one time she ended up going to the hospital because she, her, uh, throat swelled up a little bit and she's got hives. She had gotten hives before when holding them, but it wasn't a big deal. Yeah. This time it started to be a big deal. And then, and it was like, Oh wow. She's definitely becoming allergic where she wasn't before. So it was strange. So we got rid of that. We got rid of that one. Mexican red leg. That's good. Get rid of them. Yeah. I'll tell you who's got arachnophobia is our friend Scott Webb to the point where one time I think it was at work. I was at work. He was home single at the time. And he called my wife to come over to kill a spider for him. That was oh, dude, I know. Yeah, he didn't want nothing. (laughs) I think he can handle it now, but at the time, (laughs) yeah, yeah, he wouldn't even try to kill one by himself. Dude, that reminds me. It's way different, but the idea of calling somebody because you can't handle it. My dad was watching me when I was a baby, and I pooped in my diaper. I was real little, so it's not a pooping my pants story. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was a diaper, dude. I was really little. and uh, But it was at that place where, you know, you're getting more fibers and stuff, and it's not like the seedy poop that you get when breastfeeding milk and stuff. Breast milk. Um, you remember the details of your own? Experience? No, my dad does vividly. <laughs> okay. And my dad, dude, so my dad has this gag reflex with poopy diapers. And he's by himself with me, just the two of us. And I'm sitting there, and he lays me down, and he's trying to deal with this. And he said he, he opened it up and it was just super fibrous, super gross. And he's like, this is terrible. And the smell, he said, it was so bad. He, he was gagging so badly. He's like puking. And he had to call his neighbor and he's like, you got to come over real fast. I need your help with something. Come over as fast as you can. So he looks out the window, man. The neighbor's walking down, has no clue, gets there. And my dad, he's like, what's going on, Tim? Are you okay? He's like, he's like, I, I need your help, man. He's like, Jeremiah pooped in his diaper. I, I can't do this. <laughs> the guy's like what <laughs> why would you do that but i i've never i've never called anybody to help with a spider although i have uh cried like a little wuss not cried but freaked out where i'm like moving stuff trying to find where the spider went and stuff and moving the bed and all that i i used mm-hmm. to be like that i'm not anymore but i if 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 i see a spider i am very 
not happy about that. It depends on how, it depends on how much hair it is. Like if it's one of those like if it's bulbous and it doesn't have any hair on it at all that that you can see with the naked eye, I don't like those. Like the big black and yellow like brown spiders. recluses and stuff. No, of, of course we should all be afraid of those. Well, I, mean, I know, like, but I'm saying you know. No, no, no. Yeah. Like the shit, like a hard shelly type. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Not like wolf spiders or, or recluse or something like that. I mean, obviously we should be. I mean, we got them here in in Michigan. You know, you don't yeah. want to be messing with those. But the no, like the like the garden spider. You know, where the abdomens are are humongous. You know, yeah. and they sit in the, the or I think they're also called orb weavers. And but no, um, but the jumping spiders, they don't bother me at all, man. If one landed on my arm, it's not, it, it ain't no big deal. You know, I I'm not. I've kind of they're cute. They're cute. I've become they're a little cute. bit. I wouldn't put it, I wouldn't go that far, you know, but Dude, I would say those little black jumping spiders with like the either green, no, or not adorable, white no. dots. Dude, no, yeah. not adorable. No, I've had, <laughs> I've had those as pets. And as a matter of fact, just you, this as year, pets. Yeah. I, when I was younger, I would put them in a jar just this year. Oh, dude. Mary and I were thinking we should get one of those like jumping spider pets. And next time we see them, no. sure enough, we're in our bedroom. There's one in our, our window that faces the lake. And, um, we grabbed him and put him in a jar, put some stuff in there. I think there's a Bible verse somewhere, dude, saying, you know, thou shalt not have spiders as pets. I don't know. You know, there's something, dude. It, it just seems very unnatural. But, like, you know, I've gotten better about it because I I had the house when I lived, when, when I was renting the house that my mom owned, and it was by the lake. There were There was a wall there right by the entry, the back entryway that would be completely covered. I mean, they, they, I don't know why they were attracted to that particular siding, but there were tons of them. But it, I realized that as much as I disliked them, they just hung out there and they helped me with something that I disliked even worse because they're more of a nuisance. And that is mosquitoes. I really don't like them buggers. I don't like that when they, when I hear the sound in a room, I'm on it, man. I'm like a bat. Like I, my ears, I'm full, full blown sonar, dude. I'm wondering where are these things? I'm going to get it. Uh, I'm going to kill that thing. And so I realized, well, they help with that. And so once I realized that it's kind of, you know, my, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. And so I wouldn't say that they were my friend, but they were a strange bedfellow at that house. And so, well, then what you need to do is you need to keep the, the, the spiders on the outside to deal with the mosquitoes. Yeah. And then get yourself some house centipedes and put them in your house <laughs> to get rid of the spiders because they get rid of the spiders. Really? You know what a house centipede is, dude? No. But I don't like centipedes. Dude. All right. Wait, we're we're uh, going to pause again. I'm going to send him a picture. <laughs> yeah. Put a bunch of those in your house. Let them crawl up on the walls and across your carpet. No. <laughs> no, dude. <laughs> I do not think so. That is not happening, man. Dude, they no. are. When you see them, they are fast too, and they got so many legs that move so fast. Why are you showing me this? <laughs> okay, it would probably wouldn't that be included? Do you think in the list of zoophobia, like with these things, right? There, there. People don't. People for for whatever reason, people don't just aren't aware of them, or they think they're called silverfish, or they just. 
They haven't seen them. I didn't see my first one. <clears throat> I didn't see my first one until Mary and I rented an apartment like 30 years ago. And one was crawling across the floor. And we're like, what the? And I killed that sucker so fast. And then now that we live on the lake for the last four or five years, um, we see them all the time, mainly in the basement, like stuck to the wall or crawling across the yeah, carpet. No, no. I mean, I've only seen one this year, I think, um, on the carpet up here. Uh, but yeah, in the summer, I mean, we get, dude, we get tons of spiders being right on the lake. Tons of them. Yeah, yeah. Not so much in the house. I mean, we get those little lime green looking ones. But outside, they're yeah, they're 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 everywhere. So are we on? Are we on number two? Or are we on number one? That was number two. Zufo, dude. So we're on number one. We are on number one. Oh, and, and it's gonna be, be worse guess. than spiders, dude. You gotta okay. be able to guess what it is. At this point, yeah, I mean, number one, and it hasn't been mentioned yet. It's either the dark or deep water. Number one fear, the most popular fear, the dark that people have, the dark. I mean, death? That, is a, that is a good the fear of death. No, no. that the dark is actually a good guess. No. Yeah, what is, what is it? This one is my biggest phobia. I don't know. Claustrophobia. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude. Yeah. I mean, I'm not so claustrophobic that I can't like get into a tent or something like that, or you know. But dude, no. When I th- when I think of some of these jobs that people have, like being an astronaut. Or like you being in a submarine when you were in the Navy? Yeah, dude, yeah. No, no way. No, no. no way. Yeah. Well, I never made it into the submarines. <laughs> I never, but that's what I chose. I chose that's, to do this, you know. See, yeah, I just think something, I mean, God bless those people. That we, we need them, but I think yeah. they're nuts. I need people, dude, or like the people who do the, like, um, that go into caves to rescue on like the, the rescue. No man, kids. the soccer team. Remember that? Or the ones where they had yeah. to like, they had to spend literally like, what was it? Six or eight hours going one, just one way. Most yeah. of that being underwater in yeah. tiny little. Have you watched the videos of them doing that? Dude. Oh, I won't, I won't watch stuff. Like Bro, that. that is so nerve wracking. No, just dude, I, the way they're doing that. that. I've been, I've had two situations where I was scared that I got stuck. One situation, and both of them were pretty bad. One was worse than the other. The, the first one was I had this waterbed that was kind of like up a little higher off the ground. Mm-hmm. And so it had the drawers underneath it. And oh, dude, dude, you, you are like, you, so far, everything you're saying, if it's, if you're headed where I think you are, this is like, um, it's like mocking my, experience but go ahead because it involves a bed with drawers underneath and there was there was where the headboard was there was a little passageway and if you crawled in there there was a little hole that you could go under the bed between the wall and the drawers dude and i made a fort dude yeah i even had pictures in there my story yeah (laughs) well then you you tell that one because i got another one you tell yours and i'll just yeah all right yeah Okay, I had a bed that wasn't a water bed, but it had drawers, so it sat up high off the ground. Yeah. And, but it was like the, the drawers only went halfway under the bed. So the other, on the other side was just this giant gap. Yep. And so I would go under there 
and it was a fort. And I, I hung some a couple pictures up there. I hung a TV guide with all my Saturday morning cartoon listings. And my yeah. mom even let me keep a black and white TV under there. And I had a pillow and like blanket and it would be like my little fort. Yeah. Well, I went under there all the time. But dude, one day <laughs> I tried to get out yeah. and I got pinned between the wall and the bed. Yeah. And I lost my mind, dude. And yes. I, I was struggling and I was freaking out. And it triggered something in me that from that point on, I became claustrophobic. I wasn't before that, but my mom thinks that it originated, but then eventually was buried until I did, got trapped behind the bed like that or between the bed and the wall. Um, my mom had someone babysitting me when I was really young. <clears throat> I was like two years old or something. And when she came to pick me up from the babysitter, the babysitter says, oh yeah, hang on, I'll go get him. She walks into the next room, opens closet, and I'm just covered in sweat and tears. And I'm like, too, the, the, the closet wasn't locked because I was too uh, short to reach the knob. I couldn't get out if I wanted to. And this woman had put me in this closet forever. And I just was screaming and crying and full of just sweat and all red and teary. My mom was pissed. Yeah. Needless to say, I never went back to that babysitter again. But yeah, I don't know what I did to deserve that. But my mom thinks that it's messed up, bro. Stem from that. Yeah. So, yeah. So, in, in the closet for mm-hmm. how long? A long time. I don't know. Holy cow, dude. Mm-hmm. That's like another level. That's, that's horror stuff. I mean, that, that's creepy. And yeah. what kind of psychology is going on with that babysitter, you know? Kind of weird junk in that brain. But, yeah, like, know. you know, you can only imagine. But I I got stuck like that because I, I would go down, I would I would draw, I'd play. Uh, I had G.I. Joes and these figures, these little pink, rubbery-looking characters called Muscle Men. Yeah. And, yeah, I used to play with them guys and stuff, and I'd, mm-hmm. I'd have my radio down there, so I'd listen to radio or I'd record an episode of uh, – Batman and Robin, the old TV show, mm-hmm. and I would record it, the audio, and I'd listen to it and stuff and just mm-hmm. play the toys or draw. But I got too big and I started noticing it because it was harder for me to like lay down and feel comfortable down there. And so I tried to get out and I got I got pinned and dude, I was really scared. And mm-hmm. but I got out and then uh, we made this underground fort. We had my friend, his dad worked for the city. And so when they switched over to these metal signs, these, you know, street signs and stuff are on the highway, letting you know that another, you know, I-94 is coming up. They used to be wood, a lot of these. And so they would take the old ones down that were made of wood and they would replace them with metal. Well, there he had all this scrap of these these big signs and stuff. And so we decided to build an underground fort is just a big square. And it was probably four feet deep because you couldn't stand up all the way, you know, mm-hmm. like you could you could bend over, but you had to be hunched over pretty hard. And we were stupid. We had a little shelf that we could put a candle in there, <laughs> you know, because it's just dirt. I mean, it's dirt, but it was a wood yeah. ceiling. We covered it with leaves and we had a small stop sign that we used as the little hatch. And we figured out a way to an adhesive with that so that we could put uh, leaves and stuff on top of that. So you wouldn't even know that it was there. And we would go down there. We'd have a flashlight or whatever. Well, then it got kind of boring after a while because you're just, you know, in the ground. So we decided we're going to expand. So we built like four or five different little areas. 
And each one had a little tunnel leading to that area. Well, over time, you know, the dirt's falling down. And so, you know, it's, it's oh, the tunnels are corroding and all this stuff. And it's starting to kind of get in an angle. Well, dude, I was there uh, by my, well, I had a friend, but my friend wasn't inside. He was doing something. He was a ways away at a different fort, above ground fort, doing something. And I tried crawling through and I got stuck and it was dark in there. And I don't know if we even told our parents we had that place. And so I know that, you know, it probably at worst, it would have been like two days that mm -hmm. I was there. But dude, I had no light anymore. I could not see. I'm trapped. I cannot squeeze out of this. I'm trying to manipulate my body. It took me, I think, 15 minutes of trying to maneuver my body to get out of that. And I never went back in again. That was the end of it. I, I, it, I not even to the main area said, nope, I was so scared of that because of the whole situation. And it was years later I went and the, the fort was still there. Uh, it was all caved in in different areas. And one of the, one of the, the roofs kind of collapsed and stuff. Um, but that was so terrifying to me. And I, but I, other than that, you know, I think the, the only real claustrophobia I ever have, cause I, I don't have it hardly ever is if I am in a room with a bunch of people and my back is against uh, like sometimes it's if, if, if there's a lot of people in the room and my back's against the wall, I'm claustrophobic. Like if I'm sitting down eating at a, a restaurant and the place is really, really, really packed. But if there's not a lot of people, then I like to be against the wall so that I can see who comes in and who comes out. Mm -hmm. But if there's too many and I'll, I'll panic. I'll start to, my heart starts racing. I feel that heightened sense of existence where everything is heightened in your mind. And you're like, Ugh, and you're wondering what's going on. And you start to, to start to panic. But that's been years ago that I had that. And most of the time, all I have to do is just step outside. But then I, when I go back in, I don't want to sit in that same spot. I had an episode at a concert. I just remembered once I went to a concert and it was in the middle of the summer. I think it was like July, I think. And it was really, really hot out. Um, and uh, I watched the first band on the floor, like 10 feet from the stage. And who was actually, it was Metallica. They were the opening band. And I, I it was when Cliff Burton was still alive. This is like, this is in the 80s. And um, I mean, it wasn't a huge, huge place. The, uh, the place held, I think there was like almost 4,000 people there. So it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like 40,000 yeah. people or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was still hot, dark, really cramped in. I don't know if you've ever been up to the front like that at a concert, but it's... Yes. Yeah, you're not... I mean, you can yeah. literally fall asleep and no one would know. Like, yeah. you could just... You could die and everyone would still be holding you up. And um, I was with my girlfriend. I, I, I bought us both tickets and shirts and stuff and took us there. And uh, yeah, dude, as soon as Metallica got done... And the lights came on, and I kind of looked like looked around and saw the people. I was like, "Hey, let's go sit down for Ozzy because it was opening for Ozzy actually, or the, the Metallica was open for Ozzy." I was like, "Let's go sit down." And so, uh, yeah, we ended up sitting down for the rest of that. But yeah, dude, like like the cave shows or the like, I can't even look at pictures of. I, I mean, I can look at pictures of caves, but if I if if I'm looking at pictures of caves or I see a see a scene in like a documentary or something where some dude is like really trying to squeeze through a small hole and to get in deeper 
into a cave? No, dude. I get really freaked out. I mean, technically, that's yeah, like the I descent. Could, Dude, that I won't watch it. The Descent, dude. Yeah, I that, won't watch that movie. That, yeah, bro. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, I would probably watch 120 Days of Sodom before I watched the. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I, I, I'm not. I'm not down with that, and I don't. There are certain things that occupations <laughs> down with that, like miners, dude. The occupation, the dudes get in the elevator and they. Oh yeah. No. Go, yeah. It's like, how do you even? How do you, it's like these people are missing, either they're missing something in their brain that I have, or I have too much of what I shouldn't have because I'm thinking too hard about it. I don't know. That's when you double up the fears and you say, what about those tunnels that go down that are like tubes with a ladder and you're descending into darkness? That's the heights and the darkness and the claustrophobia all in one. Or if you're climbing up kind of one of those same kind of. And someone's like dropping spiders yeah. down it oh yeah thanks <laughs> yeah. Yeah. somebody's up there with a bag of spiders and they're like we got it from chad chad's friends with them <laughs> so he just we, we took his pets and so they're throwing the, the spiders down yeah dude no i don't think so so that you know the list was good but i will say this man the only the fear that i would add to that that i have that is debilitating to me or at least it used it it still is but i rarely find myself in a situation where it matters anymore is a fear of water that I cannot see the bottom. Yeah. So if I'm in a pool, I don't care. I'll, I'll, I love diving. I love all that stuff. I'll, I'll be the guy that goes down to the bottom to grab something in an Olympic sized pool. Yeah. I like doing that, see how far I can get down. But if I'm in a lake and they're tubing or whatever, because we used to, we used what to do that all the pool? time. What if it's in a pool at night? I, when I was a kid, we went to Vegas and, I wanted to swim so badly because I love, I love swimming. And I went out there and I could have gone in, but when I got in there for some reason, for some reason, I have this thing as a kid where I would think that in the shadows could be something like a shark, mm -hmm. even though I knew that a shark could not live. <laughs> it's such that a good pool. thing that you didn't see jaws back then because you already, I was already afraid. Yeah. Yeah, I was already terrified. And I had nightmares, recurring nightmares. That's the second most recurring theme is water that's murky, that's getting higher and higher. I can't see the bottom of the floor and a shark is in the water. That is that second most recurring theme. And so to me, the idea of being in a lake, I, I would go tubing and I still do to this day if I go, you know, because I don't want to, my, my nieces and nephews are like, you know, Uncle Jeremiah, you need to get on the tube now. It's your turn. And I'm seeing these little kids doing it. I'm like, I better do this. So I'll get on there, dude. I'm the best tuber in the universe. If, the, if Olympic Games had tubing, I would be the gold medalist. Because no you're letting go. I'm not letting go. I, they're like, he's ferocious. They're like, this guy. And I, I've learned, I'm like, weight distribution, angles, everything. I'm like, oh, and I'm taking it very seriously. White-knuckled man. You know, I'm all arthritic now because of how tightly I was holding those rings and stuff. But I just, uh, I, I won't let go. And I don't like, I, I especially don't like it if there's seaweed. So if there's seaweed yeah. on the ground and my feet are in it, I bro, I, the feeling of it. And so I'll go in pools all day long. I will go to a lake like Lake Michigan, but a lot of people will go out further where they can't feel the bottom. I don't mm -hmm. do it. Like I, I'm just not the guy to go swimming out very far. Um, but I'm an excellent swimmer. It has nothing to do with my ability to swim. 
you know, it has, it's, and I know it's irrational. I know that, you know, I remember experiencing something like that before, like uh, going on this rope swing somewhere where there was gravel pits and we would often go at night and you just swing out and you'd splash in this, like essentially this large pond and you couldn't see anything at all. And um, could barely see which direction you need to swim back to wherever to, to do it again, where your friends were. But, um, and then, you know, in lakes and stuff like that. But I always like, it was like every time that would strike me, I would just be kind of like fight through it. Kind of like um, the same way, like, let's say you're in a dark basement and you're walking up the stairs. Yeah, no. Many of us, but instinct would be yeah. like to run and you have to actually fight to walk. And so, do you still Whenever. peek over your shoulder? Me no. I do. <laughs> I still yeah. I still peek no. over my shoulder. I'm like, is there something behind as me? Matter of fact, as a yeah. matter of fact, when I'm faced with doing that, I usually <laughs> I usually go even slower up the stairs. Really? Yeah, just because I know nothing's behind me and I need to fight through this. So you're rubbing my face in this, Chad. You're <laughs> oh, no. no, I, I do. I, I, I'm I'm better at it. I don't run up the stairs anymore. But I know that I'm not over it because I'm thinking about it. Yeah. And so, you know, the idea, like in my grandma's house, she had the stairs where there's like a gap between the stairs, the old wooden ones where somebody could be under it and reach out. And so I was terrified going down the stairs. I was terrified going up. And the most recent time I had that was um, was when I watched my my nephew. He has a video game show. I think I mentioned this. It's that AKA mantu or whatever manto i don't know how to pronounce it but dude that game like i want to do a review where i play that game at like three in the morning Mm -hmm. by myself because i would be so scared but i also know that when i watched him playing it, i was so scared that when i eventually did go upstairs um my heart was racing and i was like I, i i walked up i got far enough that i felt accomplished and as I turn, I kind of my my head kind of turns and I just get a peek out of the corner. And I'm like, I failed. <laughs> I, I did not win. <laughs> I did not win. And so uh, but I would have added those. But those, are, you know, those aren't as common. I mean, claustrophobia is way more common. And so other than the dark, that's a common one. Fair you know, yeah, yeah. But dude, this was fun, man. This yeah. was a, this was a, this was the coolest list I think we've done so far. Do you? Yeah. I, and I liked the one about the movies. I liked the one about the music. I thought that was really cool. The Thanksgiving mm-hmm. one we did. And people can go back and they can listen. Those are really fun. But this one, one. N- I was hoping you wouldn't bring <laughs> that up, Chad. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. And neither does anyone else. I think there's like three people who watched it. So they're like, yeah. no. Yeah. We'll delete it. And no one will ever know it even. Yeah. No one, no one will know. There's like three people and you know, that's their favorite episode right now. They're like, why don't they like that? <laughs> That was such a good one. Jeremiah, you're really good at this. <laughs> oh, man. I love our listeners, dude. All three of them. I love them. And I know I know that they're smiling right now. So, yeah. but this was a lot of fun, dude. I always have a fun time with you. And so. Yeah, yeah man. I, I, I'm so tired all of a sudden. I don't know why. Maybe it's because of all the adrenaline's been coursing through my thinking about caves and all this stuff and then it's like now i'm crashing yeah you gotta go watch the descent now you gotta no, do it yeah <laughs> you gotta watch it dude, by yourself <laughs> all righty well dude yeah so uh how can people get in touch with this man they can uh email us at our gmail account which is paleo cheese with a z as in zebra 
um, P-A-L-E-O-C-H-E-E-Z-E at gmail.com. Um, you can type that into Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and we have pages for all three of those. You can reach out to us with anything, whether it be a question you want to ask us or a comment that you want to give us um, to validate our existence, to help us sleep at night and fight the uh, the stare demons. Yeah. To keep the recurring dreams at bay. So, all right. Well, hey, that's how you can get in touch with us. If you do, we'll make sure to uh, reply to you as well. Oftentimes, and by oftentimes, I mean literally, I think every time that we've ever had somebody email us, we always make sure to say something about it. So make sure to hit us up at Gmail or on any of the social media platforms. Send us a DM. Make sure to tag us and share it with all your friends, especially especially your moms. Moms love the show, right? They they think it's a great show. <laughs> they love me and Chad. All the moms have always loved us. And so <laughs> share it with them. And uh, you'll be glad you did. So, all right, Chad. It's been a lot of fun, my friend. Yes. Good night. Good night, buddy. Yeah. <laughs>